Uh, welcome back to Vulcan Hello, the incomparable Star Trek Discovery Flashcast. I am one of your intrepid co-hosts, Scott McNulty. I am joined, as always, by Jason Snell. Jason, how are you? I'm doing great, Scott. It's good to be here. Uh, we're here for Season 2, Episode 2, New Eden. Mm-hmm. And it, this is the point where I also say we're sponsored by the New Mexico Tea Company. And people go to nmtco.com slash TV to get some deals and fill out our survey for our game show that we're going to do of Star Trek Feuding Families. It's coming up. Scott, do you have a favorite kind of tea? I do. I enjoy Earl Grey tea. Ah, just like Captain, Captain Picard. Picard. <laughs> you got you to gotta say the canonical Star Trek tea <laughs> reference is tea Earl Grey hot, is it not? I think that is true. I think, I think well, each each captain is well, not each captain. I suppose there are only a couple of captains who have a beverage that they're known for. Of course, Picard, his his tea. Uh, Janeway was a coffee drinker, yes. So yes. Uh, she does not apply on this. And I think, uh, Cisco was Roctagino, or maybe was that so. Dex? I don't know. I don't the, there's, co- there's coffee in that nebula. That's what I know. <laughs> that's right. But we don't care about that. Nope. Drink tea. Don't drink coffee. Yes. Uh, Nmtco.com <laughs> slash tv. That and and uh, that should be their new slogan for free. They can have. Yeah. Yeah, drink tea, not coffee. New You're Eden, new Eden. Scott, I'm so excited. <laughs> I I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil something for you here. Oh man. I thought this episode was so good. And I agree, and I'm not surprised because as, as I watched this episode, I thought to myself, this is like an updated original series episode in the best way possible. It, it is the um the rings with the radiation and stuff. I was sitting there thinking mm-hmm. that was the plot of was it was it um which one was it? Was the one with the spores? The way was that the one was the side of paradise where there was the horrible the like the birth old rays that were going to kill oh, everybody, right. but they got the mm-hmm. spores, and so then they they were fine except they were mind controlled and weird. But <laughs> yeah, it it totally felt like an original series episode in a lot of ways except a modern rendition of it um i'm also really relieved i think after you know there was you could argue like one standalone episode last season which was the harry mud episode Mm -hmm. um but it is also kind of fun to see what they're doing here apparently which is this um this red bursts thing is kind of the plot seems to be that they are being led from place to place by something and they have little adventures along the way and i know that's a contrivance on one level but it's like but i don't care that's great like they're (laughs) investigating the overall mystery and they fall into a very specific mystery of the week and i think that's a really refreshing combination i like it a lot Yes, I mean, uh, the power of the arc is that you tell this complex story, but the downside is that if you miss one episode, you are completely lost. So I feel like they are splitting the difference and saying, we're going to have a a through line through all of these episodes, but we're also going to make them satisfying standalone adventures. uh, Right, the show is released weekly, right? And so Mm -hmm. it is, I think, maybe unsatisfying to show a... 14 hour long movie you know an hour a week right that's not not great and so here you get you you leave uh new eden with a sense of satisfaction while the overarching story is also being pushed forward 
And uh, while perhaps I think this episode looked really good as well, last episode looked fantastic, sure. uh, and and many people were worried that perhaps they spent their entire budget on the first mm-hmm. episode, and the second episode we would see like cardboard sets right. and uh, puppet, things like that. Puppet and, aliens, which I, I, granted, <laughs> Star Trek actually has had aliens who were puppets. Uh, hello, Balak. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that not not so much. It looked good. They were no, still it doing good. good stuff. And, you know, they saved money because uh, they found a planet with uh, humans that looks exactly like Earth. Uh-huh. So, hey, that's always helpful. Uh, and, and they weren't Nazis <laughs> Classic this Classic Star so. Trek. No. <laughs> exactly. But they, they were faithful uh, of many faiths. So that was, that was interesting. Yeah. I think we should, uh, let's just talk about, uh, I want to introduce a new segment oh, called okay. uh, Spock Spotting. Okay. <laughs> in, in which we say, right. is Spock in this episode? And the answer is... No. no. His voice is in this episode. <laughs> Spock does not appear and that in this was episode. Spock spotting everybody. No, we, they, they, it's that narration, which is like basically his log that I think we, you know, we heard last time. And now she's playing it. Burnham is playing it for Pike. So again, mm-hmm. we get his voice and we get a little more information. We get the two holograms um, where I thought that it's interesting. Pike was like, computer, rotate this 90 degrees clockwise instead of like, computer, can you match these things? Because come yeah, on, like <laughs> computers are good at that. You don't need to give a, a, some degrees of rotation. Just say match nope. them up. Get make these match, and they and it would go. They, they totally match. Um, and then, but we do get our Spock reveal here. Is Spock mm-hmm. has had himself after taking leave? He's apparently had himself committed to a psychiatric unit at Starbase 5. We don't have any more details, but that's something that Pike reveals here, and he thinks that they need to go see him and glean more information. And uh, mm-hmm. And Burnham points out once again that uh, that they haven't spoken in years, which we saw Burnham and uh, Sarek talk about last time, which, again, totally consistent with, uh, the, uh, with the history of Spock from the original series, which is that he, he, uh, he kind of doesn't talk to anybody in his family other than his mother at all. Yeah, but Spock doesn't. Uh, Spock has some family issues he does. that uh, we will explore. One assumes in uh, the next uh, uh-huh. segment of Spock spotting on our next episode. All right, maybe, maybe, or maybe he won't. He won't appear. Well, Spock spotting happens regardless, right? Because we, because again, we'll just have what you say. No, and then we'll yes, move exactly. on. But the, hopefully, the we'll spot will him appear sometime. Spock may not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, and then I, I did enjoy. So we find out that pivotal piece about Spock, and we, Burnham says, "Oh, he, he doesn't. We haven't spoke to him." Uh, and then I enjoy the very rapid recap of the last season for anyone who perhaps mm-hmm. was not around. It's always helpful. Uh, and then they, they they find another one of these uh, red bursts, right, that leads them to this planet, uh, and gives Tilly. Uh, a little uh, she's just kind of fiddling around with we see Tilly close some tabs on Burnham's uh, work surface which I found interesting for some reason on her web browser she's got to clean that up (laughs) she doesn't like a a messy uh a work service well it's it's a nice callback to the 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 fact that they do have the spore drive and this was the question like okay Mm -hmm. stamets is still on board they they he he i thought he kind of said he was going to retire but you know that was you know there's a need and there's not an evil captain so -hmm. that's good um but he's and he does say to tilly that he he kind of is reluctant to go in because uh paul is in the network and or no, Hugh is in the network. Hugh. He's Paul. Paul. Hugh is in the network, and it basically it's like makes him really sad, and he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to do it. And it's, it's just an uncomfortable thing for him. But mm-hmm. he's also very dutiful, and so he he doesn't even you know 
at some point pike's like all right are we going to do this and he doesn't say no he just gets in there and and he does it but i like that the tilly's got an idea because it is a funny moment where they're like oh well there's another red burst but it's halfway across the galaxy in the beta quadrant we can't get out there and everybody's like "Mm, well well (laughs) discovery can can. Uh, and I thought that was I thought that was kind of cool that, that they're mm-hmm. like yeah we can we can do the like the sport drive has consequences and Tilly's trying to invent like a magic rock that can do it instead <laughs> of Stamets which seems like like it, it, at some point is Hugh going to be in the mycelial network and then like a rock appears and he's like what is going on why is there a rock here <laughs> and I, it's kind of insulting Stamets is going to be uh, replaced <laughs> by a rock by a rock <laughs> by a glowy rock I don't I don't know if I buy this Tilly but they do uh, make know. they get to make a jump. Uh, and uh, and again, they jump to a place where there is no actual red burst. Mm-hmm. Um, although apparently look- there was previously, they saw that the people on the planet saw it. But saw it, yes, it but, did happen. But uh, but it, instead, it's again, it seems a setup because the the red the red burst or the red angel or whatever wants um, discovery there to save these people that it apparently moved there right, from Earth in the middle of World War Three, two hundred years ago. Fascinating. I always love a shout out for World War Three in no, Star Trek. That's good. You got to uh, you got to yeah. have it, and and it, and it is a mystery, right? Because the the mystery has grown. It's not just these mysterious red bursts. It's the fact, like, why are they leading Discovery to save these people? Why mm-hmm. were these people saved? Right? Like, why did that happen? What's this about? That there's some force that uh, pulled these people out of harm's way two hundred years ago and transported them to another part of the galaxy. That's fascinating. Yes, and I, one of the themes that I am always intrigued by in Star Trek or any other work of fiction or nonfiction is the the kind of tension between science and religion and yes. faith, right? And that's what the Discovery is clearly honing in on this whole idea of where do you draw the line? Is faith valid? Can you do you only re- rely on science? Uh, and so there's these red angels and and uh, Burnham and and Pike have multiple conversations in this episode about uh, whether this is a religion or, or, or if this is an act of god or something like that and uh, pike brings up the you know arthur c clark uh maxim that has been apparently updated for yes. if uh, any any sufficiently advanced extraterrestrial will seem is indistinguishable from god right uh, and so and kind of shutting down burnham's uh like you know pff, this is science this it's is all religion's all silly i really like the dynamic and pike says you know my dad was a science teacher but he also oh, yes. taught comparative religion so it was kind of complicated complicated and they they go down to the planet and their landing party is three people and i really like that so we get to see joanne Mm -hmm. owosakun who is one of the um one of the she's the in the sulu spot right (laughs) she's on the right right of the two damage so she's what is she she's uh what is, what what does that make her she's not the navigator navigator. she's the uh Astrometrics. Yeah, She's something like that. I don't, I don't know what she is. You may have just made that up. But, but her parents were in a Luddite sect on Earth <laughs> that shunned which technology, enjoyed. which is kind of fun. Um, and then there's Burnham, who was raised on Vulcan and is super logical. And then there's Pike. And so you end up giving getting this kind of uh, trio... And and Joanne is is not a major character, although we get to see way more of her than we've she ever seen stuff. before, which is really great. Um, but mm-hmm. we get we get the jousting. She's not as much like uh, like she doesn't get a scene to explain how a yep. plow works or something, which she probably <laughs> do. But we do get the jousting between Burnham and Pike, especially when they meet the people. And, and I mm-hmm. like they go into that church, which is the source of this message that they've gotten. And they're looking at the stained glass and stuff. And uh, 
and he asks if they know about about earth religions and burnham's answer is basically like I, i'm I, you know i'm aware of the details and it's <laughs> a, the most non uh like useful answer because pike is you know pike means more than that right pike is like Mm -hmm. the big picture kind of stuff and being open to this and understanding people's feelings and she's like no science is what i'm all about i know i know these stories but that's not what i'm about and i I really like that that's a that's very much a like spock mccoy dynamic almost Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I like that as well. And so the they find out on this planet. We should say, well, you probably watched the episode, but the, yeah. these people have been transported uh, halfway across the galaxy two hundred years ago. It's hundred. It takes them. It would take them one hundred and fifty years to get there in a starship. So that's the big mystery, right? And they don't have any technology, seemingly. Uh, so they're trying yeah. to figure out what's going on. But when they they jump in there, there's a distress beacon, so that, which is in a church, and that's there's a nice little scene where uh, Burnham says the signal's coming from this building and pike says that's a church <laughs> yeah yeah it's really which she clearly knew it's but. really cool and, the, and the, the stained glass that it represents all the major earth religions and and mm-hmm. uh, she li- lists a bunch of them off even wicca wicca got in there so hey shout so out to our to wiccan the wiccans fans. the wiccans they're they're in a stained glass window somewhere in the future somewhere um and they're from 2053 and i like too that they, they do general order one they're basically doing prime directive stuff here but mm-hmm. um I thought it was a really nice touch that it's explained by the people when they meet them that they know that 200 years ago they were saved from World War Three. They know they were from Earth and now they're in a different place. They know that um, they, they came with some technology, but it's all been breaking down. And then we eventually meet the guy whose like family has been maintaining hmm. the technology, including Jacob. the distress beacon. Right, Jacob and his and his family. Um, and so th- they're not. They're not unaware of their history, which I kind of like because I was wondering if they were going to make it like a cargo cult kind of thing. It, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a little cargo culty, little but not not a lot. Like they they don't. It's not like even though they don't have electricity, they did for a long time until the batteries ran out right. and then the and lights like, went off. Yeah, nobody comes here anymore because our glowing l- windows don't work. But uh, we'd really like them to work again. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and I really like the the character of Jacob as well because he has been his family, as you said, for two hundred years have been maintaining this beacon because they know they believe that humanity has survived right. World War Three and will eventually come rescue them because that's how what he's looking at this as you are rescuing us. Uh, and and right. so it's an interesting story. And at the end, you know. Uh, he finds out that he was right, but uh, he doesn't get rescued, and he seems okay with that because right. he gets a power cell. But and I like I like the idea too. There's some cliches that don't happen here, where when you you could have it like the the elders of the village um, don't trust the outsiders, and, mm-hmm. and, and you know that happens in a lot of, uh, of TV shows and a lot of Star Trek. But it's like no, they're welcomed, um, they're very welcoming. And when Jacob disagrees about this. It's not one of these things where it's like, no, haha, we're going to destroy Jacob or whatever. It's like, that's just Jacob. He's doing his thing, right? Like, it's just that's not, right. it's not a big, they disagree, but it's not a big deal. Like, he, he, mm-hmm. he has his beliefs about what, what is going on. And the, the obvious elder of this village doesn't the agree. Yeah, the all mother. Yes, indeed. But it's just not that, <laughs> it's just not that big a deal. Like, I, I, I kind of liked that it, it yeah. didn't bother getting into any of these kind of like barriers to the story that you often, uh, see in stories like this so i was relieved that we didn't have to deal with that kind of stuff right yeah they don't like shun jacob and say you yeah. you non-believer let's stone you with the, the yeah, very technology what, that you found yeah it's not what the story's about anyway and it's it's no. fine 
Uh, yeah, and so they, they, they have some hijinks on the planet where they're trying to figure out that there aren't really that many hijinks. Uh, they, they're just trying to figure out what's going on and where this red angel is, is happening. And Burnham is having trouble with the idea that this is an angel of any kind. So she wants a scientific answer. Right. We sh- uh, I guess we should say, so uh, Pike asks if there's anything yes. that she didn't report. And she does. I, I rolled my eyes at that where she's like, no, no. Uh, actually, Captain, I didn't uh, thank you thank about you. for saving yes. me. It's like, come on, come on. And she, in the, later in the episode, she says, yeah, I, I, I should have told you this. But it is funny that since she hasn't revealed this and she sees the stained glass, you know, red angel apparition and she's like, mm, like, mm, maybe this is something maybe more of a I thing. Should say something. Yeah, yeah I, I like I like that. I think that's really interesting. And speaking of apparitions, so uh, another so the B plot oh, is uh, Tilly has is decided she needs to replace Stamets with a rock, so she yes. uh, goes and shoots a laser at the uh, asteroid that's in the um, the shuttle bay, which is all by herself, which yeah. seems like a really bad idea. Really, turns out really nice moment where that little rock floats out of the gravity area yes. and immediately crushes a, crushes a cart. The- that was great. <laughs> yes, I like that. And Tilly, Tilly manages to grab a little piece of the rock and uh, get and a piece unexpected- of the rock. Sorry, that's for older people who know oh, that joke. Yeah. I don't know what that is, oh, but uh, old people, I hope you're insurance gene- Jingle. Ah. Anyway, yeah. Story checks out. Uh, <laughs> anyway, she does it, get a piece of the rock, and then it gets a piece of her because it slams right. her against the wall with an she energy burst. She could have used some insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets slammed against the wall. She ends up in sick bay. Uh, people are angry at her because she shouldn't have been doing that. Uh, mostly, yeah, Saru. Um, Saru. I, I feel like Saru. Again, I love Saru so much. We talked about him last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I've got a new slogan for Saru's method of uh, management. Management. which is glare and care (laughs) because really that's what he does is like he there's good stuff he talks about how he learned 90 different languages and and tilly kind of chuckles and he gives her the glare like i'm not kidding Uh, but but then he also reaches out and he gives her the stern look of like you know you need to not do you you need to work with other people and not go out running on your own and doing this stuff and then he puts his little weird alien hand on her and like comforts her and i I thought that that's saru right is that he's going to be stern and then he's going to be warm and he's just he can do both of those things it's the old glare and care that's 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 what i'm going with that's saru's uh uh, management style, yeah. glare and care. He, yeah. uh, he dresses you down, and then he says, "But you're really important." But I, but so. I like you, and I believe in you. Yeah. That's also, right. I want to I want to point out this is the second episode where we've had a brief moment of Doctor Pollard, a new character <laughs> who is hilarious because she is also kind of McCoy like, and in this. Uh, she basically she says yep almost dead you <laughs> like yeah yep. okay doctor and funny doctor she says eh, you'll be fine <laughs> yeah it's fine now it's not but it's again it's just like cranky doctor who's like why do you why do you people keep getting hurt and, why and she has a good line at the end of the episode as well which we'll, we'll get to because yep. uh captain pike also gets hurt <sighs> all these people getting yeah. hurt yeah uh, yeah they're the worst these starfleet people so yeah so tilly has got a tilly is trying a friend. To, to to uh she's learning about this thing because she wants to replace stamets with a rock and yes she has a friend may who uh who ends up bouncing ideas off of her because it's tilly she's had multiple espressos in sick bay in sick bay which is like probably not supposed to do that but she doesn't care and uh she she's burnham's not there to help her talk it out so she's got this she enlists this other crew person uh may and they they do the the talk where it's you know it's all really all tilly talking um Mm -hmm. uh, through the problem and then and then uh in a very funny moment she runs out the door and runs to the left down the hallway and then there's nothing there's silence and, I, and I, i'm sitting there thinking mm, wait for it mm-hmm. and then she runs yep. the other direction <laughs> it's, a, it's a gag but i liked it 
Oh, Tilly. Yes, I, I enjoy uh, the Tilly things, even though uh, I won't say all of them. I can predict what's going to happen, but uh, 25%, yeah. and that was one. But I still thought it was funny. So Yeah, yeah no, she's kind of manic that. and brilliant and a mess, and it's a fun, yes. it's a super fun character. And uh, mm-hmm. and I like that Stamets does his part, too. He runs onto the bridge and basically yes. says, uh, you know, we can, we can we figure can this out. Stuff. They can jump into this radioactive... Uh, you know ring around the planet and do uh do some donuts with the <laughs> discovery and shoot the rest of that asteroid out and it'll um it'll drag the uh the debris the radioactive debris away with it which is mm-hmm. like again it's just kind of a star trek solution and uh you know the it ring works, the ring goes fine. all the way around the planet so is it going in an orbit where it's going to sweep all of them up and then leave well, it's like it's fine it's fine they, that's the donut jason the yeah, donut that's the donut that. it does even though i don't think they showed us what they did and really don't think it was a donut but well it does spin, it, they let it, it go and then they kind of spin it around they're trying to impart some sort of uh, i guess i don't know, I don't know. it was it, but it's it was fine. fine it was a fun thing where they're trying to use their brains to solve the problem and Tilly's got the solution with the asteroid mm-hmm. and they can use the jump so they do a black yes. alert to jump in and, and then liked, jump back out and yeah I like the moment when so Saru gets another moment where you know the, I feel like the writers are really trying to say this is a different season than the first season uh-huh. uh, and so Saru says no we're you know this kind of disaster is not going to happen with Discovery on watch so we're going to save this planet um, and we're going to do it with teamwork yeah. uh, and Stamets is like oh I can totally use the sport drive to jump us in there uh, and there's a moment like a, a beat and then Saru looks at him and says run Mr. Run. Stamets <laughs> yeah. yeah it's good it's really good it's 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 fun um, and and so they, they do that whole thing and, and mm-hmm. it's all good Every, the planet is fine yeah, the down, speaking of the planet though, yeah, although, our, our, although the, oh, right before they, they solve it uh, they uh, the, like so the guy with the science um, mm-hmm. on the planet Jacob yes, he, he knocks them out with a stun grenade and is going and they they get out of there and they reach him but then a kid is playing with a phaser kids <laughs> oh, kids yeah hey, pa- well parents lock up your phasers <laughs> and uh, make sure they're unarmed because the kids are going right. to play with firearms and mm-hmm. so Pike jo- di- like dives on it and is injured and they uh, they explodes again trying to not admit that they're actually from outer space right. they want to take him to the church and uh it doesn't go well because they open the doors and <laughs> and they, they see they see them beaming see them out beam so uh, but they it is ascribed to another uh they've been ascended into heaven by the red That's angel or whatever angel. it's yes. fine they're just making more oh burnham you didn't want to continue the religion on this planet and instead you're nah, just a part of the one of the great stories it's true they're going to put you in there they're strange hacked up book of theirs yep. uh, which when they showed so the the idea is that they've merged all the religions because there are a bunch of people with different religions in the church and so I guess they've copied uh, and cut out a bunch of the books and yeah. put them all together in one at first I thought is that a phone book it was weird like the huh. yellow pages it seemed uh, I thought that was strange but anyway that's just me <laughs> yeah. kids listening don't even know what a phone book is no, so much no, like the prudential insurance the, no. okay uh, the, uh, but yeah, and also there's that feels line really bad the doctor has that great line then ah, with yes. uh, with Pike up in sickbay where where uh, your ribs are going to feel like a xylophone in a Klingon marching band. <laughs> like, okay, that's I, great. I like this doctor. I love it. I think it's I think it's hilarious. Uh, but he's you know he's fine. Uh, yeah he tells burnham not to make him laugh and she does right uh <laughs> right vulcan and, and type people i like do the that. fact that burnham is like uh religion 
is silly and I feel really bad about Jacob because he was right and we've just basically left him there hanging to be like we have this we can solve this 200 year mystery that his family has right. devoted themselves to just by telling him also uh, I keep thinking like does the prime directive apply if they literally that's, know that's the, the truth like is confirming the truth to the guy who is totally right and knows the truth <laughs> really a violation and I think Pike decides it's not really it's, it's fine not. They are humans. They, they, he, the guy, the science guy, Jacob, knows the right story. He's completely accurate about it. So Pike, fine. In a, in a scene that I, I was uh, like, is it going to be Burnham or not? And it's Pike. Pike basically says, you were right. This is all true. Everything mm-hmm. you believe is true. We are from Earth. We did make it. We're traveling along. Are you flying around the stars? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Sure. That's and I'll give do. you this sweet power core that will last forever, basically, <laughs> If you'll give no me that helmet camera that's got the, you know, the, the secrets of how you, you came to be here and that's a, a good deal. And he watches him beam out. It's really cool. I like that scene. Yeah. I thought it was a really good scene. I like Jacob, the character. I think he's really good mm-hmm. in, uh, cause he's like, he believes, uh, what he believes and, uh, he's kind of a bridge between the science and the, te- the religion. Uh, and he's not like a jerk about it. He's just like, I've been telling you people that this is where we're from. And they're all like, fine, Jacob, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> go back to the the fields yeah uh, but yeah he uses the power cell to really up the wattage of their windows and he turns <laughs> turns off the beacon that's and been running for 200 years yes. in a moment that i think is like really uh well done where he is you know he's folding it up and shutting it down and you you get a sense of how important that is like his whole family's legacy for 200 years has been to tend to the technology and keep the distress beacon going and now he's gotten confirmation they've been found yeah mission accomplished they can turn it they, he can turn that off and that's uh that's pretty cool too and i think uh jacob says something about will i ever see you again and captain pike says i hope so or something yeah. like that so maybe they'll come back who knows maybe maybe probably not i hope the next planet out around the star doesn't explode and lay waste to the planet <laughs> or something like that that would be that would be awful that would be uh, not a not a good thing at all no 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 good thing and then back on the the discovery tilly is like oh uh I remember who this woman well, is. I think. Yeah, May May calls her from the bridge as she's as she's kind of stilly. wandering to the elevator to go lay down. Calls her Stilly, which is a, a not a nickname we've heard before. And she's like, "What?" And she looks in her uh, high school yearbook from San Francisco. <laughs> she's from San Francisco, her junior high school, uh, which is Musk Junior High School. So I guess a Elon Musk shout out, or maybe they just like animal sense. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why not both, Jason? Uh, Why okay. not both? Uh, <laughs> The uh, she finds uh, uh, a hologram signature in her computer yearbook. I guess yearbook. that's what they do in the future. Yeah, sure. Why not? From May Ahern, and uh, so then she's like, "Okay, well, where is she on the ship?" And and Discovery's computer's like, "Nope, there's nobody by nope. that name." And so she says, "Okay, well, in the Federation, where is she?" And of course, you can see what's coming, which is mm-hmm. she's dead. <gasps> she dead. No. <gasps> what? So who huh? who is this person? Why? is is art is tilly having visions what's going on yeah well i will say we don't know. that let's remember 
Uh, I know what you're going to say. A, gr- a green spore landed on mm-hmm. her shoulder at the end of last season uh, <laughs> as they were leaving the parallel universe. So That's right. And we know Stamets is seeing Hugh in the 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 mycelial network. Yes. So And Hugh is dead, so he's he's or living or moved on to the other side of the fungi, as Stamets was talking about. Yeah, that's right. They recycle <laughs> everything, and it's all part of the circle of life or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So, so something's yeah, going I, on. There's another another ongoing storyline, which is what is going on with Tilly, because um, she has she is seeing something that shouldn't be there too. Which I caught into that one. Like this character we haven't seen before, who's <laughs> there and is very helpful. Um, mm-hmm. I thought, is that person really there? And sure enough, no, no, she's not really yeah. there. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think she, and I, especially when she was like, she is. If only there was something on the ship that had a large gravity field. <laughs> And I was like, okay, she's not really there. Yeah, no. This is just Tilly talking to herself. Talking to herself. But... Uh, or talking to uh, a dead person in the mycelial network. It could who be. Knows? It could be. Or or somebody who is posing, you know, has using that memory. Who knows what it is, right? For nefarious purposes. It could be the Red Angel. It could we be. Know. We don't We don't know. There's a lot of mystery here. And I, I do like that this, is, uh, this show is challenging the whole, like... Um, this question of like you see something and it seems magical um and impossible and then you know you're in the realm of what do you believe do you believe that there's a scientific explanation for this or not Mm -hmm. because this is we are dealing in things we don't understand that have powers beyond what the the crew can can follow um that seem to have some sort of plan that they're executing that we don't understand that can do things that are amazing and like as pike says at that point indistinguishable from god uh uh, Burnham doesn't like the idea that this figure is being referred to as angel, but she says, but it was really pretty. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, good. We, we just don't know. I, and I enjoy seeing that the characters are struggling with the fact that they don't really understand what's going on. They can't, you know, these powers are beyond them and they just need to basically, I think that what, if they follow this blueprint for the rest of the season which it seems like likely they will they will go pick up spock at some point and uh, go to a bunch of other red uh, star things and, yeah. and figure out what's happening have little adventures along the way and also gradually solve the mystery of what is going on and you know there's what seven bursts and we've seen two in two episodes but that means that mm-hmm. there are presumably five more and there's what 14 episodes somebody somebody said that even though i had read originally that they weren't going to do 15 they were going to do 13 there was a report a few months ago where they said they're actually doing 14 episodes i think this season so and what i'm saying is a lot of episodes to go find other red bursts and solve (laughs) the mystery there's plenty of time it's all still to play for that's right so let me ask you this jason what do we think of uh discovery's track record so far season two are we two for two good episodes oh yeah yeah this was i mean Mm -hmm. the first one was all you know it is set up and they and they wanted to put some action in there so they've got the pods and they've got burnham running through the explosions (laughs) Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but and but it was introducing pike and all of those things this was like a regular episode of discovery and like i said with the exception of of that harry mudd episode with the space whale last year like have we had a regular episode of star trek discovery this felt this felt very much like discovery but also very much like a star trek episode and Mm -hmm. i like that because as much as i like serialized storytelling i do as we said at the very beginning i think there's i think there's something good about when you're watching it once a week, 
having something that feels like I had a, a storytelling experience. I, somebody told me a story and it was fun and it had a resolution. And now we move on to find out what's next. And that I totally got that from this. I thought it was um, very, very well done. And I liked having it be structured this way. So I was very happy the whole way through. And at the end, I felt like, yes, they... Um, I think maybe they're they're figuring out the tone that they want from Discovery um, after you know they've had a lot of a lot of drama <laughs> in the first season mm-hmm. with the uh, with the uh, with the showrunner uh, mm-hmm. dropping out and all of that and there's there's drama to come because I think four four or five episodes into this the showrunners of the show left too um, but uh, I think they the the changes they made between seasons you can see here again like we said last week that they're making some very deliberate decisions to make the show feel lighter and more fun and a little bit more coherent and a little more enjoyable week to week rather than being uh just kind of these longer story arcs right and i mean i don't not to get too insider baseball here but now cbs has kind of doubled down on star trek as a franchise that they're going to create multiple shows around so they uh you know discovery was for all intents and purposes, an experiment to see, can we get people to buy our wacky streaming service? Totally. And are, are people interested in watching Star Trek again? The answer to both of those questions is yes. And so now CBS is like, hey, we can make a whole bunch of money on this. Uh, and so they're building a whole roster of shows. And if you're going to have a whole roster of shows, you need to have clearly defined kind of lanes as to what, where the shows are doing and right. what the feel of it is. And I think what we're seeing, as you just said, Jason, is the they're figuring out and honing in on what makes discovery discovery yeah i think i I would like to believe anyway that they are also um witnessing what was going on with season two of discovery and feeling more confident about Mm -hmm. like because if if season two of discovery was a disaster would they be going full uh, full on ahead with all these other things from the same producers you know no they probably wouldn't um but season one now by all accounts was very difficult but i think that was the the idea is that now they've sort of figured it out um Mm. in terms of making this show but also making more star trek which is why they've announced is it three new star trek tv shows that they've already announced i think with probably there's, more on the way so it's all yes, there's a at lot least going three on. at least possibly three. four yeah so there's a lot there's a lot happening out there so uh Man. it's it's uh it's a good time i think maybe to be a star trek fan what a time to be alive uh-huh. jason that's right drinking drinking all that tea and or watching all that star trek to be dead but in the mycelial <laughs> network that's right because you never die when you're amongst the fungi you're only recycled Ooh, you never <laughs> die when you're amongst the fungi mm-hmm. that's really nice i'm gonna i'm gonna put there uh, that that right there with the uh what, what did i say the glare and care yeah glare and glare care, and care. Yes, the- yeah that's that's Saru's management book yep. and uh, Stamets' self-help book is You Never Die When You're Among the Fungi. Drink some tea, everybody. <laughs> NMTCO.com. Again, thanks for sponsoring us. That's all. That's all.